So where do you want to like, what do you want to do with this story of yours? So like, it's, do you want to start at the beginning with him? Or how, because I remember we discussed before about how exposed you wanted him to be. You know, I am willing to do anything that might help another family. I am an open book type of person. Okay. I don't always know where to start, but I will, because it's all so jumbled in my head and everything happened so fast and so furiously, but I will answer any questions and we like for me the beginning was well I kind of know where the beginning was if you just kind of want me to start there yeah okay so you have yeah start there so you and your wife adopted the boys yes Jack and it was a normal childhood yep totally normal well Jack was always I want to say looking back a little bit spectrumy I'm going to be totally honest. Um, He, I would take him to music classes and he was the kid that wouldn't participate. Okay. I could take him to birthday parties. He was the kid that wouldn't participate. It was all, Uh it was always Jack. Um, He would bring all of the cat food cans out of the cupboard and stack them and restack them and stack them and restack them. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I never really realized until I worked with special needs children. So a lot of it, looking back, I see signs, Mm -hmm. but he's super, super smart. He's super high functioning. He's never, ever, ever fit into a special educational or special needs um, criteria. Okay. There's always just been a hint of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but with that comes, he's always been hyper anxious, which okay. I get because I'm hyper anxious. I know you and I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. So I recognized it in him from the beginning. Okay. And he was always really smart. He would rather interact up until recently would always rather interact with adults because they had more to talk about. And he always had amazing relationships with his teachers. Mm -hmm. And when he was in Dwyer, he was always a teacher's aide. He would be, a helper in the classroom for kids that needed help with math or their computer skills or whatever. But he also Okay, kind of, and Dwyer is sixth, seventh, and eighth for anyone who doesn't know what Dwyer is. That's our junior high. Thank you. Yes, that's our mm-hmm. I what's considered our, our junior high school. Mm-hmm. But then there came a point where he got teased for that and he got bullied for that. Mm-hmm. And he would come home crying, like they're calling me names in the bathroom. Um, Mm. And he started seeking that peer approval. Mm -hmm. So there was a week, which I I know you're aware of, it's called Red Ribbon Week, Mm -hmm. which is an anti-drug week. Um, And he rearranged the letters 
on the gate that said drug free and he arranged rearranged them to say free drugs. <laughs> and Sorry, it's not funny, I, but I know. <laughs> it's one of those things where I look back and I'm like, hmm, I may have even done that as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. But it made those kids who were making fun of him like him. And they thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah, and that approval. And that we approval. all want approval. We all want to belong. Right? And he never mm-hmm. looked back from that day. He mm-hmm. started hanging out with them. He started smoking with them. He started experimenting with pot with them. Like he was off and running from that point on. So the kids who had bullied him for being a good boy essentially kind of turned him into a bad boy by teasing him yes and he wanted to fit in somewhere yes and he didn't want to be in front of okay that makes sense back to where we were so that's where the problems started was this like seventh or eighth grade seventh and eighth grade yep Mm -hmm. definitely definitely by the end of eighth grade he was sort of I'm my own person I need to move on like we he wouldn't even come out to graduation dinner with us Oh, wow. Like, we were already losing him. hmm And, okay, so tell me about, like, at this point, you and your wife are, like, what? At odds? Or you're, like, oh, wow? Or what were you guys thinking? We were not at odds yet. We were just, like, wow. And we really just tried to sort of batten down the hatches, like, absolutely not this is graduation you come out to dinner with us that's just what we do right and he was just like absolutely not I'm going out with my friends and so then you just sort of have to look at each other and be like okay how far are we going to take this yeah um and I think we ended up agreeing on he went out with his friends that night and then the next night we took him out to dinner with his friends Okay. So you start making compromises. Sure. Um, But it was a really, things stayed pretty much like that until he hit high school. Okay. And And when high school comes more independence, they're allowed to leave campus. Well, they're Mm -hmm. not supposed to leave campus. But let's call a spade a spade. It's an open campus. Right. So then he started having the freedom to leave campus. And that was, I think, when I wrote that line when I was journaling that drugs take your children out to sea and you're left on shore just standing there looking for them. Oh, yeah. Because he was off and running. There was no coming back after that. He wasn't attending school. He was calling me from McDonald's so high that he couldn't get home. Oh, wow. Um, and the first time that happened, like, I, I remember answering the phone and he was like, as mature as he is and as much as he does not need me, <laughs> he still calls me mommy. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, mommy and I was like what's wrong I'm on my way like you just know sure 
Um, but that was the very first time he used the wax pen. What is okay. what the teenagers call a wax pen. And what is that exactly? That is where they take the THC and they boil it down literally into a wax, mm-hmm. like a wax ball. And it is so strong that it is above and beyond what you or I or our friends may have known in high school as smoking a joint. Like it's Mm -hmm. like incredibly, incredibly concentrated. Wow. And we're talking about kids who aren't, don't even have developed frontal lobes yet. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Yeah. So what was he like 14 at this time? He was 14 at the time. Yeah. And they don't have the maturity to know when to stop. They don't always have the maturity to call their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, their friends think it's funny because the first time he did it, he was barfing and passing out. And his friends thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but from there, and it's funny, I was always on the fence about the phrase that THC is a gateway drug. But yeah. I have learned through being in therapy with Jack and stuff that it really was. He ended up doing bigger and better drugs after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just opened up this whole world to him that, um, what do I want to say? Basically a self-medicating world. Mm-hmm. It took care of his anxiety. It took care of that whole I'm spectrumy and I don't fit in. Mm-hmm. The sad part is when they come down, the anxiety is a thousand times worse. Sure. And then they just pick back up again. Yeah, because you can't live like that, right? You can't live like that. Exactly. And it was a huge huge snowball effect in our family Mm -hmm. Um, he became violent he would break things he would get mad at his brother and break his brother's tv so there's that relationship that is incredibly severed right now Mm -hmm. and how and how old was your younger son at this time so your older son who had these issues was 14 when it started and then your younger son would have been like 12 would have been like 12. They're so he's a seventh graders. Okay. Yep. So he would have been between 12 and 13. Okay. And now that things are kind of coming back around and Jack is maturing a little bit, he's still legally suffering the ramifications. Yeah. Because he, well, I'll back up a little bit. Okay. When he was in the throes of it was when he was violent and he fractured my wife's nose one night when he was just completely wasted. Mm -hmm. He ended up going to jail. I want to say for two or three weeks for that. Um, then, and he was on probation Mm-hmm. Then there was another night he took our Jeep, 
crashed it into a McDonald's and fled the scene, which creates a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And because he's not even 16, right? He's not even 16. He turned 16 on Monday. Yeah, he, I saw he that. Was, he was not 16 at the time. Right. So he doesn't have a license. He hit and ran. McDonald's had the video. They turned it over to the Costa Mesa Police Department. He was all the way in Costa Mesa. Wow. And so those situations snowballed and he's been in jail for some time off and on, mm-hmm. which on you know, at some point, like I remember thinking, oh my God, is our relationship ever going to be the same? Mm-hmm. But sadly giving us that space from each other. Right gives gave me the space that when he came home he's still my baby yeah he's still my baby and he hates it when I say that I'm not your baby anymore I'm like you'll always be my baby yeah um so it kind of gave us that time and then of course you know court puts into effect probation drug testing and all of that. Yeah, which are all tools that I'm sure are really helpful to you and your wife for keeping him on the straight and narrow, right? They are because it's not just us anymore. Now it's sort of like we have a team of people. Right. Um, but I have to say he's still getting high. Oh, yeah. So he will probably go back to jail when he drug tests next. Oh, and so... Okay, I've got a couple of questions. Okay, please I'm... go ahead because I feel like I'm just rambling. No, it's great. So here's my questions. Okay, because if my kids, I'm not comparing my kids to your kids. Well, I kind of am, but I'm just thinking like if I was going through one of this with my kids, right. I have massive anxiety that I out bicycle every day so that I don't have to be on meds. Like I literally. Right you know, burn the shit out of 600 <laughs> calories in an hour. I totally hear you. <laughs> so I don't have to be on Prozac. And a lot of my anxiety has to do with my children and how they conduct themselves. Of my course. one child, the Mia, who I adopted eats, uh, she goes from frosted flakes to ramen, uh, to chips, to a packaged bar. I mean, like nothing is whole. Right. And you would, you wouldn't know that she has anything wrong with her health. She's a thin healthy athletic looking kid but I, it worries me that she doesn't eat whole foods and I have to fight with her every day about the whole foods okay this is a like monumentally different problem than what you and your wife dealt with correct correct right but I, that already worries me so I'm just wondering like you've already been through this fire with Jack so how does it feel when you're like all right kiddo you're still getting high and you're probably going to go back to jail and it's probably going to break all of our hearts again. How do you deal with that and stay like with your head above water and so smiley and happy and <laughs> same, you know, and Mary, and Mary. Because I had to deal with it last night because last night he came home and we were having Axel and I were sitting on the sofa and it was like, it was early because on weeknights, Jack has to be home by nine. Mm hmm. So Axel and I were sitting on the sofa and we were just listening to music on Facebook. Like we were flipping through Janis Joplin, oh, uh-huh. Boston, like all those all the good, good stuff. school songs. And Jack came in and he said, what are you listening to? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm listening to the best song on the planet right now. He goes, no, I am. 
And I said, well, come over and let me listen to it. So he came over and he bent down to put his earbud in my ear. And I swear to God, I could have gotten contact high right then and there. Mm. He freaked. And I just looked at him and I was like, you are so stoned right now. And I said, how does that feel for you? Because if, if Brandy is his uh, probation officer, mm-hmm. I said, if Brandy tests you, you're going back to jail. How do you feel about that? What do you say? The cool, calm, I'm Mr. Mature says it's really not that important to me. Mm-hmm. But I know he doesn't mean that. Yeah. Like, I see the look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time he had to go back to jail, I saw the look on his face. Mm-hmm. But I think he's immature enough to connect to connect the two. Mm-hmm. Like, he just isn't mature enough to be like, if I really don't want to go back to jail, I can't get high. He still is immature enough that he's like, whatever, man, it's only Monday. I'll roll the dice. Maybe she won't test me until Friday. Right. Yeah. Is there any way that do the courts view him getting high as far as it is it weed that he's getting high with? He uses I think at this point he uses both. I think he uses weed. I think he also still uses wax pen. Okay. And are there any legal differences between the two? I mean, I know he's a minor, so he's not supposed to be getting high, but there are a lot of people who use weed medicinally to deal with their various health and mental issues. Right. The courts take that into consideration at all? Like maybe he should be getting some sort of medication? You know, they don't. If we got a doctor's note, Uh they might. But because he's a minor, that takes an act of God. And I don't even know a doctor that would do that. Yeah. And pharmaceutical companies are so big and bad right now that I don't think, I don't think they would do that for minors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like- I'm curious because if he has like a pre-existing spectrumy thing that maybe wasn't diagnosed or right he just feels better when he's high because I have lots of adult friends who do that on a regular basis because it makes them feel better and it's not something with like an added calorie situation right it's um, I actually have um, some friends who are clients of mine who own a store and um, you know I watch what she posts all the time and like the different assemblies she goes to and the different education she gets and I mean I was raised in the 80s where you know just say no and drugs are horrible and they're going to take you down this big nasty road but some of the most success I don't personally use weed I don't have very much experience with it I prefer to drink but I do know a lot of very successful happy well-adjusted physically healthy people who use weed and now I'm not advocating for a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old boy right. whose brain is still developing, but I just am curious, like, I don't know, is that the direction we're going that we could medicate children that young with something like that? I don't know. I would love to look into it, to be honest. Cause if it's um, making him feel better. Right. 
I would love, I think because now that he's already on probation, I think it's probably a moot point. Right. But I would love, because I have a friend who totally self-medicates her anxiety with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she lets her teenagers use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not be opposed to it mm-hmm. if he were not on probation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly how I feel about Jack. Right. How you, do you I just get start- his head in the right space? And it's not the same thing for every child. So, like, um, you know, my problem that has to do with processed food and your problem that is, you know, him being high and potentially hurting himself, becoming violent, et cetera, self-medicating, you know, it's all different levels of the same thing. And as a parent, you just want your kid to be healthy and happy and well-adjusted, do everything you can to give your child all of that you know, give your child whatever leg up they need to get to where they, you know, their fullest potential. Yeah. Such a, it's a, such a hard thing, especially once the courts get involved. Right. Yeah, it is. And it's scary once the courts get involved. Um, you know, like technically Jack is a ward of the state Mm -hmm. because he's on probation. Right. But it's interesting going back to, the artificial and the modified foods. Like I love that because that was a struggle we always had with our kids. Yeah. Just didn't want them to eat like that. Mm -hmm. Like we juiced every day. We Mm -hmm. ran every day. Like that just was not in our wheelhouse, but it's so funny because since we've been dealing with this, now, like when Axel, the younger one, wants a bag of chips or like, okay, or for instance, my biggest thing was talkies. <laughs> they are such garbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are such garbage. And now I'm like, who cares? Oh, my God. Yes. If you want talkies, eat talkies. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's funny how everything shifts. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Like I remember when Jack wanted coffee, and I was like, "You're too young to drink coffee." And now I'm like, "Babe, you need a shot of coffee." Like I'm like, "Who cares? It's coffee." Yeah. He's not, you know, like our our reality has changed so much. Mm-hmm. How's it affected you and your wife? Um. Wow, there's a lot of arguing. Because uh-huh. I'm more, I'm more laid back. Um, but by the same token, it has brought us closer because yeah. our entire relationship, she has traveled mm-hmm. and she is a very non-empathetic person. Like she very much is like, whatever I have to travel. You know that about me. Mm-hmm. That, that's just how it is. I travel, deal with it. But when this came up and it was so rough, like the first time Jack had to go to court, 
actually he was in custody and I had to, we had to go to court. She actually canceled her business trip for the first time in our marriage. Mm. And she was like, there was just no way I could want, I could think about you coming here alone and doing this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in some ways she kind of finally became my protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been amazing for me to finally have. Because mm-hmm. I've always been a strong person. I've always been like, whatever, I've got this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. But when you have kids, it's different. You don't always have it. And you need that person sometimes. Yeah. So she really, really stepped up to the plate and that meant a lot to me. And I have to say I've gained even more respect for her than I've ever had Mm -hmm. because I didn't even have to ask her. She just saw it on me. Yeah. But there have been a lot, a lot of fights and even, you know, like today we were on the phone and she was talking about how he came home high last night what she thinks should happen and what I think should happen. And we differ on that. She thinks he should go back to jail. I think he should be on house arrest so he can remain in school. Mm -hmm. You know, she's a little bit more militant and a little bit more hardcore. She's like, he's only going to learn if he's incarcerated. And I'm like, I disagree. He still has to participate in school and, you know, if he's at home, it's not like he can go out and get high. This could be the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah, because he's still with you guys and he's not subjected to whoever's in juvenile prison. Exactly. Or whatever it's called. Yeah. Because that's a exactly. worry too, right? Like Absolutely. who is he who is he hanging around with? Exactly. And he runs into people there that he knows. Yeah. So, you know, there's a you know, I would say at the most we've come together but it definitely creates arguments oh yeah it's stressful yeah does he ever take advantage of that where he knows he can play one mom against the other (laughs) oh yes (laughs) yeah because my my kids do that to us absolutely because i'm the softy absolutely yes he will the minute she goes on a business trip he starts asking me for things yeah absolutely yeah thomas is more the hard ass and he's upstairs in his office (laughs) and so we put these rules in place and we've gotten to the point where we like actually type the freaking rules out (laughs) and hang them on the fridge because if you don't then they'll be like well i thought you said that everything had to be done before one unless xyz like they always (laughs) like there's always some excuse so we type it all out like it's a legal document we hang it on the fridge well then they break the rules Right. Two of them did that yesterday. Two of them did it yesterday. <laughs> so he took their phones away for yesterday and today. Well, by last night already, I was like, well, maybe you should go up to, and da- to dad and apologize and see if he'll maybe have mercy on you for tomorrow. Because so I'm thinking mean. to myself, I don't want to spend the whole day alone with them without their phones. Right. Because he's up in his office with his headphones on. I'm downstairs with like angry cats. You know, yes. that's what it's like being in the house of ang- angry little tigers. yes like i have even taught them if you want something when do you ask her for it maybe around five o'clock after a glass of wine (laughs) is that when you might want to ask for your phone back (laughs) 
Yeah, that's hilarious. Yes, because you're right. We're the ones stuck dealing with them. She used to do this thing where she would ground them right before she went on a business trip. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up to that, right? Yeah, I was. I finally was like, absolutely not. You can only ground them when you're home. Yeah, because that way she can help with it. Absolutely. My ex-husband used to um, ground the kids, and then he wanted to... Um, he would ground the kids, but then the kids stay at my house. Like literally <laughs> he's not parenting the kids, but he wants to ground the kids and have them at my house. And I'm like, uh, no, buddy, no, you can ground them over your house. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. That's so funny. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's can you imagine? Yes. I can imagine. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I can. So what does that do to your hopes and dreams? Like, like the things that you thought for him or wow. do you, are you just like, have you gone into like a Zen place where you're like, we're one day at a time. I mean, I, like, how do you cope? I think I've readjusted my expectations. Okay. Um, Jack has missed so much school literally in the, his first year at Huntington beach high school. He probably only went to school about 12 days. Oh, wow. Um, His, the following year in Huntington Beach High School, he probably only went about 12 days. So my expectations have changed. Um, Jack has always been, he wants to be a businessman. Um maybe an attorney, but that's not really going to happen the easy way for him. Now Jack's going to have to like right now he's in credit recovery school. Okay. He's not even in a, he's not even in a mainstream high school. Okay. Um, he, so we're, which is not, that. it's not right. So we're probably looking at, community college for a couple of years until he figures out what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's if he keeps his act together. Right. If he doesn't keep his act together, this kid will be lucky to finish high school. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's, I have completely changed my expectations Mm -hmm. and how do you how have you felt about your community like as far as judgment from people um I think living where we live living Mm -hmm. in downtown Huntington Beach there's a lot of it yeah and um I think that I think that our friends see enough of it they may not be experiencing it but they see enough of it. And I also am really lucky that our friends knew us beforehand. Yeah. And they've had the pleasure of knowing Jack beforehand because Jack is really sweet Mm -hmm. and he's funny and he's helpful. Like he helps our neighbors bring their groceries in our senior citizen neighbors. Hmm. Like he's that type of kid he mm-hmm. helps them go over. To, he goes over to their condos and helps them set up their TV. 
Hmm. So I'm really lucky enough that that people that know us see that side of him that we right. haven't experienced a lot of judgment. Good. Because um, it really doesn't help. It really doesn't help. The biggest judger of Jack is his brother. Yeah. He has completely lost all respect. All respect. And you know we live in a two-bedroom condo right now. Yeah. Axel will not even sleep in the same bedroom as Jack. Axel sleeps on the living room sofa. He wants nothing to do with him. And he doesn't have any respect for him. He's just... Jack has crossed too many lines with Axel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be Jack's biggest struggle. Mm Mm-hmm. And how, how old is Axel now? Like what grade is he going into? Axel is going into 10th. Okay. So Jack would be going into 11th. Yep. Okay. They were right behind each other in school. And has Axel experienced any judgment or like, oh, I know your big brother kind of stuff? No, he hasn't. I mean, some of their friends, they had mutual friends because they used to go to the same church group together. Mm-hmm. So they have similar friends. The funny thing is, Jack's friends love Jack. They think he's hysterical. He's like a big class clown at this point. Right. And so even Axel's friends are like, dude, how's your brother? Like, I just want to say hi to him. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't hang out with him. Mm hmm. But they're still like, dude, tell your brother I said hi. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Axel has been lucky to not experience any judgment. Yeah. I think, I'm hoping, if not the other way around, that Jack's friends don't judge Axel. I worry about that. Yeah. More than anything. Because Axel is a good kid and he doesn't dabble with anything. And I'm always afraid that Jack's friends will judge Axel for being on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Those two brothers are so different, right? Completely different. Mm-hmm. And both of them, they have the same birth mom, the same birth dad. You know, I have the, I have uh, the oldest of, many 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 grandchildren so cooper is the oldest and then lincoln's the youngest and it's like it's either 15 or 17 of them and i think it's 15 anyway um so coop was the first baby and we all went on this trip with all of my cousins who are my age to disneyland and it was like you know dozens and dozens of people right and then cooper has always been especially when he was younger, very afraid of, like he was terrified to go on the Pirates of the Caribbean, never would go on a roller coaster, afraid of loud sounds, afraid of everything. And like literally afraid of blow dryers, vacuums, like all the audio, right? Okay. And looking back, I mean, I remember asking my husband, like, do you think we should get him tested? And my ex-husband was always very much like, no, because I don't want him to get um, hit pigeonholed into being this kid in the school system or something because the things that he struggled with were fairly minor right and like it was like fireworks well I knew kids that were afraid of fireworks but a kid who's afraid of blow dryers when his mom owns three hair salons 
with right. blow dryers going in it all day long just seemed like it was just that it was an audio thing right well anyway yeah. we, we go to um disney and i really wanted him to ride Pir- pirates of the caribbean because the whole family was and it's i'm like buddy it's such an easy ride i'll be right there with you and then now i don't hit my kids it, like i'm like adamantly have not tried not to ever hit my kids right right so, but I'm like, Coop, if you don't do it, I'm going to spank you. And he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll do it. So he stands in line the whole way through the line. Like little tears are coming down his face, oh. you know, like he's like seven or eight. He's a big enough kid not to be. Now on top of that, he's a big boy, always has been for his age. Right. So he looks right. like a 10 year old. So he's crying, he's crying, he's crying. And then he's like, mom. And he pulls her my hand. He's like. I don't, it's okay. I'll take a spanking. Let's go outside and you can spank me. I'm like, Oh my my God, God. I'm the worst mother ever. So I was like, guys, I'm going to bail out. I'll see you guys on the other side. So I took him out and like, I was wrong. I shouldn't have threatened you. If you're afraid, it's okay. Mom's not always the greatest parent, but she tries. And by this time I'm crying, I'm like, let's go buy you a little, like we bought him a little like pirates of the Caribbean, like little rubber band gun or something in the gift shop. He was all happy. And then, so like okay so if he's seven or eight scarlet's like four so we go over to the star wars area and we're all sitting around eating a thing of pizza and scarlet runs up she's not even with me she's like with some cousins she's in this princess dress she runs up on top of the stage and grabs a lightsaber and starts fighting darth maul and she's four isn't and that amazing I, and i was like these are these have the these children have the same mother and father yeah she is so bold. She's always been so bold and fearless and gets up on stage and sings and um, will go introduce herself and, and office her, offer her services for dog walking. She's just so precocious and like ready to like present herself to the world. And Cooper has always just been Cooper. different. Yeah, he's just Cooper. And, he's just and, Cooper. And it's weird because now he's like, he has, he's had a job since he was 15 and he took that on. He's done great. He learned to drive. He's very, he was a very cautious driver. Um, I don't know that he still is, but it, he, they both developed and they both, you know, Cooper got to, he's 18, almost 19 now. And he came through some of those things, but it's just amazing to me how children can be related so closely biologically, but nothing and be Alike. so different. Right. And can I ask you, when you took him off the ride or were you when you were standing there with him and he was crying, did you feel judged by other people? Oh, yeah. I always felt like my cousins were like, you are raising such a wiener. Yeah. You know? And it was interesting because I'm like, you guys, you'll see. Because they didn't have kids. I think one of my cousins had a baby. She was holding it on the pirate's ride. But I'm like, until you, because Cooper was first, Scarlett was second, and then the rest of the kids came along. But until you see how kids are, and gosh, I'm telling you, when you have five kids, you know, I've realized now I have very little control of what they're going to turn out to be like. Right. You know, I, they're very unpredictable. And, you know, it just, they are what they are and you just got to roll with it. I think the best advice I ever got, the best parenting advice I ever got was from my cousin, Tina, who I just think the sun rises and sets in her as a parent. But she said, she calls me Noni. And she said, Noni, at the end of the day, if you're at a birthday party or somewhere else and one of your kids starts to act up 
at that moment, it is strictly between you and that child. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who's looking at you, who's saying something to you. It's a moment in time between the two of you. And I, w- I wish I would have listened to that more often. I don't think I mm-hmm. took that advice often enough. But it's good advice because you just can't worry. Cooper, yeah. Cooper needed what he needed that day. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think there's this part of me that's like, yeah, maybe I am, you know, maybe I need to toughen it. Because my ex-husband was always, he would call him some names that men sometimes call their sons when their sons aren't acting tough enough, you know. and Totally. And, you know, what are you afraid of a vacuum for? Come on, come on, snap out of it. And it didn't, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't snap out of it. Just like, like, I can't help it that I pee when someone tickles me. I can't like, it's like an uncontrollable thing that happens. I also can't help it that sometimes I'll elbow you in the face if you tickle me and I don't (laughs) like to be startled. I might punch you. It's just like a reaction, you know? Right. So I think it's been lovely to watch him sort of outgrow some of these things where, you know, like he took off with his buddies and drove them in their truck and they went out to the levee and let off fireworks. And he didn't, he didn't sound like he, you know, was so, I wasn't there, but it didn't sound like he was like his friends, like singled him out or were like, Oh dude. Or, or like he avoided going. Right. And I also had a friend who had a son who was a couple years younger than it, had a Disney pass. And in the seventh grade before the eighth grade, trip I I was like hey buddy I'm gonna make you a deal I'm gonna get our buddy to go to Disney with us to ride rides with us because I wanted a younger boy so that he could see like even this younger kid isn't afraid to do it because I didn't want him to go to his eighth grade Disney and sit on the bench right and be the kid that was like oh I'll hold your jacket while you ride the ride so I'm like I'm gonna pull you out of school and he's like I'm gonna have a day out of school and we did it I was so proud of him but he really had to like okay, I'm getting nervous. I'm like, yeah, nerves are normal. It's normal to feel that's some of that's excitement, some of it's nerves and kind of coaching him through that when there wasn't the pressure of all the family being there or his dad being there. What a brilliant idea. Yeah. And it ended up working out really well for him. And then thank God, because he was a musician. And so he ended up going to Disney, you know, Dwyer sends you to Disney over and over and over again for performances and stuff like that. So, and now he's even got a pass. So not that they're open right now, but that's anyway, the, the story ended well for him, I have but it's hard. Friend, it's hard being a mom. I have two friends who have a daughter and she's having noise sensitivity issues. Yeah. And they just bought her, um, those canceling headphones, yeah. sound canceling headphones because she can't handle the blender She can't handle Uh the vacuum. She can't handle the blow dryer. Right. But, you know, Diana, I have to tell you, it is amazing to me the comments that I see their friends post about it. Like what? Judgmental posts. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that is the worst thing to fall into is judgment because, and I, and believe me, I can judge myself the most harshly of all because I have in the past, I always have to work on judgment. I'll sometimes catch myself saying something. I'm like, Nope, that's not right. You don't know what that's like for them. Right. And you know, there's been many things I've walked through in my life, whether it's my divorce 
And then I'm looking around at these women who have these stellar husbands who are great providers and nice guys. And, and the women like to get together at lunch and bitch about them. And then they're going to judge me because I'm getting a divorce. Amen. I'm like, listen, right? you don't know what it's like in this house. And that was my first real like, oh, wow. Yeah, these people are judging me and they got no clue. And I think there's also something to be said for when we look at other people and think they have stellar husbands, stellar wives, stellar Mm -hmm. lives. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. True. Oftentimes it looks that way. Mm -hmm. And then we feel bad about ourselves because we don't have what we think they have. Right. So there's that too. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this question and then maybe we can wrap up. Okay. What kind of advice would you give to like people who are just starting at the beginning of this? Cause you're obviously like kind of, I mean, at least, you know, if you went to jail, if you went back to jail right now, at least you would know what to expect. You know, the judge, you know, the court system, right. You, you know, where he'd be incarcerated, right. You know how you and your wife would handle it. This is not your first rodeo. Right. So what would you say to somebody who's just starting to deal with this? Hold on loosely. Yeah. Hold on loosely. I feel like, cause that's all you can do is ride the roller coaster. Um, and I feel like the more you squeeze them, the more, <sighs> the farther out to the ocean they swim. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we did that a little bit too much. Um, so I would say, hold on loosely. Um, you will, if God forbid they end up in the jail system, you will pro- be provided with um, a public defender use them they care about the kids Mm -hmm. so if you ever don't understand what's going on call the public defender and they will explain everything to you Mm -hmm. and that's something that took me a while to figure out we took a lot of bad advice in the beginning so i would say that hold on loosely and use your public defender okay because we got a lot of advice of kidnap him, put him in rehab. Yes. yes. And you know what? That doesn't work in California. They don't have to stay in rehab in California. It's voluntary. So what do you, do? You, you kidnap him and send him to Montana or something or Colorado or? Um, you would have to find somewhere out of state. But even yeah. there... If they want out, they can get out. And then yeah. you're stuck picking your kid up in, Cal- in Colorado. So I wouldn't, do, I, I would be very careful about that. Yeah. Because we've watched people go through that who we've met through this system. Mm-hmm. And the kids come home and they're like, whatever, I just did what I had to do. I'm still going to get high. I'm still going to use drugs. And their parents are out 40, 50, 60, $70,000. Mm-hmm. They lose their retirement. Exactly. Sure. You know, there's a woman, I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts, but there's a woman named something, Jen something, but her podcast is called Vibrant Happy Woman. And she has five kids of one of her sons uh, abuses drugs. 
And she talks a lot about how she keeps her happiness and protects her peace. And, you know, and I'm sure it's terrifying, you know, even, and and then she did a piece on how she protects her peace during COVID knowing that he's using. Yes. We, you know, yes. Cause they're out and about and then coming with God knows who, and then coming back into your home. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she's got all these other kids, you know, and you've got a son too, another son to protect. Yes. Absolutely. My biggest piece of advice is to hold on loosely. Yeah, that's good advice. Yes. Oh, that's good advice. It's all you can do. You really don't have a choice in the moment. Yeah. They're on their own runaway train. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it's like. They're on a runaway train. Do you think that, like, do you think that the way that we handle drugs in this country is right? Um, That's a a very broad question. That's okay. Narrow it down a little bit. Let me ask you a better question. Okay. I feel like a lot of the problems that we have in this country have to do with our relationship to drugs in this country. And I don't know the answer to it, but I feel like when you look around and look at some of these mental health issues we have with people who live on the streets, um, I feel like we haven't had great access for mental health issues in our country. And so instead of getting mental health help, help, whatever that looks like, whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, weed, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, then we end up having a lot of people who are just figuring it out for themselves with a wax pin on the street. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> I just, you know, I think that the drug, I hate to sound like Nancy Reagan. I love you for <laughs> this right now. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of the problems that we have in this country all stem from like the drug trade in our country. Yes. I love you for this. This is such a great question. Okay. Um, I remember back when the mental health hospitals just closed their doors Mm -hmm. and put everybody on the street to fend for themselves. Mm -hmm. What else were they supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And that just breaks my heart and it makes me sad. There's nowhere for our people to go to get help. Mm -hmm. And so there is that group of people that doesn't have anywhere to go to get help. The class of people like teenagers who have anxiety. Jack suffers from such severe anxiety. And I think that pharmaceuticals don't really work for him. Mm -hmm. The big, the big, drug companies don't really work for him because I watched him try them all. Um, but it's not legal for him to experiment with CBD or THC in a safe controlled environment. Mm-hmm. So I, both of those things could be handled better and that could help our society. Absolutely. For starters, the poor people who really are mentally ill that have nowhere to go deserve somewhere to go. Yeah. 
They and just, I mean, just even for sanitary conditions, like, you know, Thomas was like, I, I'm so, he came in the other day on Saturday, he went to go get donuts or something. And he's like, I'm so disturbed. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I just saw a lady literally over by Seacliff taking a crap in the bush and wiping. Right. And it's just like, how can that possibly be sanitary for people to be doing that kind of business out on the street? Right. It is completely, it has become so out of hand that I think it will take us, if we decided to start cleaning it up today, I think it would take us a solid 10, 15, 20 years to do it. Yeah, because you can't just arrest people because then you, that the expense of that. Right. And they're accustomed right. to living on the streets at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, dude, we're uh, the conversation is stopping because I think it's a stumper. It is a stumper, isn't it? <laughs> it totally is. But I think a lot of tweaks might not help the people that are older and in the throes of it, but could maybe help our future. Mm-hmm. And maybe even that would be a start. Well, I often wonder, like, okay. So you take a kid like Jack and it obviously costs money. He's got a public defender, uh-huh. costs money to incarcerate him, right? Yep. You got, I'm sure it's costed you and your wife financially. I know yep. obviously emotionally, but so there's a certain cost that's involved in this behavior that he's right. taking place in. But ideally what we'd like to do with Jack, right, is get him through school, get him comfortably mentally, whatever that would take. If the, yep. you know, pharmaceuticals aren't working obviously he likes to get high so is that does he like it because it's working for him and then get him to a place where he can you know it's almost like getting him through to maturity getting him to 24 yes you know that's how i feel can we just shuttle him to maturity Mm -hmm. and then when he starts kicking in for himself because right now he tries to self-medicate, but he over self-medicates because mm-hmm. he's young. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. And I'm sure there's a lot of like, oh, it's like the kid in the cookie jar. You don't just have one cookie jar. You're like, well, I better have seven because mom's going to catch me anyway. <laughs> so this might be my last time at getting cookies. Exactly. So he probably yes. gets high like every time might be his last. <laughs> Yes. Where, you know, if he were taking a gummy like once in the morning, you know, one gummy in the morning or whatever the, you know, medicinal practice would be. And right. he could just maintain a, you know, and he knew that he was going to be able to get that every day. Right. And if it wasn't taboo. Right. I would love our country to come to that. Yeah. I think so interesting as a mother. I think it would be helpful too. Because right now it's like you guys, you have your hands tied. Because if he, the pharmaceuticals aren't working for him. Him medicating himself isn't working for him. Right. Him going back to jail won't work for him. Right. You know? And it so does. his only choice is to just go cold turkey and then deal with his anxiety and whatever other issues he was dealt from birth, you know? Yes. I feel like we're in a lose-lose with him right now. Mm-hmm. And the only, his only hope at success is cold turkey. And how comfortable mm-hmm. could that be? I mean, honest to God, I have anxiety and I don't even go cold turkey. 
Right. And yeah. I'm, you know, a, f- a 54 functioning adult. Good God. Mm-hmm. With a support system, you know, you're not, you're not dealing with the pressure of thinking, oh, I could get trust, uh, tested at the end of the week and go back into juvie. Exactly. Whatever that's like, you know, that would be a stress that he's dealing with too. Absolutely. Not knowing from week to week. We saw that with Mia. I mean, she, she came to live here when she was seven from the foster care system. And it is incredible how much she relies on the same top bunk the same blanket, the same pillow. I took her blanket from her and bought her a new one and redid the girl's room. I was so excited because I was like watching Joanna Gaines on that show. And I got like, (laughs) I had a COVID moment. So I redid all the girls rooms and then (laughs) the baby would like help me. And then she, we videoed it and she's all, are you ready to see your fixer upper? You know, she would scream that at her sisters and then close their eyes. It was the cutest. Well, anyway, Mia had this period-soaked, I mean, like, blood-stained white comforter that she'd had since she moved here. And it had red spots all over, you know. And it was time for a new one. So I bought her a new one. I put it on her bed. And that night, she went down and got it out of the garage to keep her old one. Because she's just so, like, her routines and her customs and knowing what's going to happen night after night are a really big deal for her. Oh, my God. That makes me so sad. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's great because I, at least she knows that that soothes her, you know, like same and we are the same, like we're the same mom and dad and we're the same house and it's the same bed. Obviously every seven years you need a new comforter. (laughs) Right. Every seven years. Sounds like my house. Yeah. I'm like, we've had this for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. It's time for a freshie. Oh my gosh. But I love that you know that about her and you let it be. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. But it is. And also, yeah, it is what it is. And like we had this sort of battle royale over armpit hair because my husband is like not into women having armpit hair. And he grew up that that's like, that's like not sanitary. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't like armpit hair on myself because I grew up in the eighties and you always shaved your pits. Right. And I would not even know what to do with armpit hair. It would feel weird to me. Just like he wouldn't know what to do with armpit hair if he didn't have it because he's always had it. Exactly. But I'm like, if she wants it, why do we care? And he's like, nope, under my, he did the whole like 80s dad thing. Nope, under my roof, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, Mia, I'm not going to climb. I'm not going to like have a big argument with your dad over your armpit hair. Like there's bigger fish to fry. So go shave your pits. So she goes and she shaves her pits. And then, of course, that's something that you have to do like a couple times a week, right? Right. So before you know it, her pit hair is growing out again. The more I thought about it, I'm like, it's her fucking body. Right. No disrespect. I love Thomas. I think he's like one of the, I think he's the most phenomenal person on this earth. I love parenting with him. But it is Mia's body. So the other day we're at our friends and she's wearing her bikini and her bikini line is not trimmed up. Okay. And so I said to her, oh, he didn't, but I could, thank God. The next day we were going swimming and I was like, Hey, and I explained to her how to do it with a little bit of soap or whatever, you know? Right. So she did it. I asked her how she liked it. She's like, it's like a week later. She's like, it's like really itchy and I don't like it. And I was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to go and get you like a little cute pair of girly Roxy shorts that are swim shorts. They don't have to be long like a boy's. They'll be shorts and they're going to cover that whole area. And then that way you can grow whatever you want down there. And I won't have to ask you to shave it. And that's a good compromise. And she's like, okay, cool. Because, you know, you have to compromise between like being, being, you know, like, I don't know. You have to compromise between who they are as a human being. Right. And what we as a parent are, the way we're trying to guide them. You're such a good mom. Oh, I try. But, but, you know, it's like for society's sake, you don't want to see a bunch of bikini hair hanging out. Right. You know, I don't know. And they're young enough, they don't really get that yet. Right. It's one of those things, Sharon and I talk about this all the time because, again, I'm more lenient and she's more militant. Mm Mm-hmm. What, what, what sword do you want to die on? Exactly. Thank you. What's worth dying on? And if there's one that we're like, okay, we can't live with this, then we come up with Roxy shorts. (laughs) Right. You know, you come up with an alternative. Right. Yeah. Because I want her to be able to be herself and be comfortable and enjoy herself. And I understand I get razor burned sometimes too. So, you know. Uh, it's it's hard and then you know of course god didn't give me any of my daughters that are the same you know like i have some daughters who need help with that stuff and other daughters that are like uh i got it handled you know like right (laughs) they're all totally different yeah you got the whole spectrum girl yes i definitely do well it was super good to talk to you and i love you and i'm proud of you and thank you Sometimes I'm so amazed what you guys have been through. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Just keep us in your prayers that we keep heading in the right direction. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. He's, you know, he's a good boy. I just... He is a good boy. And that's what kills me the most. I think it's interesting though, that in our society, we have criminalized getting high. Now the things that have come with getting high, like driving when you shouldn't have or hitting your wife or what, like those things. But like, you know, I would be more concerned if he were doing something like with no explanation, like hurting an animal, you know, like, I know one of my friends, you know, to me, Winona, come on. How many times did we smoke pot in high school? Come on. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did. It did. I didn't a whole lot because it never worked for my brain chemistry. It made me too paranoid. But for my friends that I hung out with that did, we were just smart enough that we didn't get caught driving a car mm-hmm. and crashing it into McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Like he's just been stupid enough to get caught doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He hasn't had the best luck with his, his activities. Yeah. <laughs> He has not had the best luck with his activities. <laughs> well, I'm praying for you guys and hoping for the best. Thank you. I hope this was even remotely helpful to oh, anybody, I hope it will be too. anybody who has questions or just needs to hear someone else who's going through it. Yeah, I think it will be. I know for one of the biggest things when I've been going through like very low points in my life, is sometimes there have been situations where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm the only one. 
and when you isolate yourself and you pretend that you're the only person that's going through something and then there's even more shame in that. I mean, I th- the truth is, I mean, the good thing is, is you guys are going through it in a time where you can access this information on the internet so easily right? and realize that, you know, so many families go through things like this and it's complicated, it's difficult. And at the end of the day, you just want the best for your child. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm proud of you for fighting, fighting for him. Oh, thank you. I love him to death. I'll never stop. Yes, I know. I love you, friend. <laughs> I love you, friend, too. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Diana. Bye. Bye. Bye.